Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Jesus McDonald Experience. If you haven't subscribed to the show yet, you can subscribe on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or Spotify. We are going to be providing you with valuable content around entrepreneurship, business, and marketing. We will also be doing interviews with professionals in the industry that are real and unedited, so make sure you subscribe now. And lastly, enjoy the show. Hey guys, man, did I pick a time to record. I got the landscapers, leaf blowers, every person you can think about or imagine doing some maintenance work outside right now, literally by my window. (laughs) But this is a podcast that is real and unedited. So here you go. The joys of sheltering in place. This is a special podcast episode, and just real quick, Talisha Joseph interviewed me. She does Facebook Live. Her show is called Small Talk. Check it out on Facebook if you haven't yet. And she interviews me. I didn't even know what the questions were ahead of time, which was totally fine because I'm comfortable, and I actually like it that way personally. Uh, because it keeps you on your toes. And she asked me some questions that I would say most people don't really ask me when I do podcast interviews. So I hope you guys find value from this. This is specifically geared towards entrepreneurs, small business owners, but there's just a lot of nuggets there. We talk about WordPress. We talk about Wix, Squarespace, Wibbly. We talk about website development, Google My Business. We talk about marketing. We talk about LinkedIn. We talk about a lot of things. We covered a lot. She asked a lot of great questions. So I hope you guys find value and make it a great day. All right. We have a special guest, guys. And let me tell you why, because he comes all the way from the far, far away place of LinkedIn, right? And so we are going to come on here and talk about some of these amazing things. I connected with him. He had me on his podcast, which was also amazing. And so now he gets to come on my side of the world in Facebook and be on the other side of my camera. And let's see how he does on this side of the world. So I'm going to introduce you guys to Jesus McDonald, my good friend from LinkedIn. He's He's been with me from day one on LinkedIn, really. When I started really, really using my LinkedIn, I think uh, between Aneda, Sam, you, I can like remember them because they're like my five staple friends on LinkedIn that uh-huh. I started out my LinkedIn journey with. So welcome to Facebook. Welcome <laughs> to Small Talk. <laughs> I feel like I'm at the Facebook headquarters or something right now. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, Thanks. we create the experience. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Talisha. Definitely. This is my first Facebook Live, to be honest. And uh <laughs> Yeah, I I hardly spend time in Facebook. I mean, I post things about my son, right? Um, you know, Dustin is my son. He's uh, two and a half years old right now. He's into the into copying everything I do, right? So now he's like, "Dada, sit down, listen, listen." I'm like, "Wow!" <laughs> so I appreciate it, and I just love giving it. So I appreciate you being on my show and obviously love being on your show right now. And wow, your intro was phenomenal too. I felt like there's a full video production company right now. Coming from the web design guy, I feel pretty accomplished. Okay. (laughs) Because let me tell you, it's a one woman show over here. So um, tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah. So Jesus McDonald, Um, I'm the founder and CEO of GRM Web Marketing, which is a website design and development company that solely focuses on WordPress websites. Uh, We've been doing it since 2014, and it's been picking up traction, and we've been blessed successful ever since then. And what we do is design, development, and we do ongoing website maintenance for small to mid-sized companies to keep their websites up to date and running properly. 
Love, love, love. And so what I thought was would make the best experience here is because not many people are familiar with WordPress. I mean, mm-hmm. the ones that people always talk about are the ones that we hear on TV, which is Wix and Squarespace. But right. WordPress is like, you know, I gave this analogy and um, I actually got to record it with someone else. But where I said WordPress is like building your dream house mm. and Wix and Squarespace is like rental space, you know, it really is in that comparison. But before we get into the technicalities of WordPress and your web design mastery, I want to talk a little bit about why you chose to plant your feet in the LinkedIn ground. Why I started with LinkedIn. So my ideal clients, which are computer software and tech companies, you know, software and tech companies. Um, it's usually a VP of marketing or a director of marketing, sometimes the CMO, depending how big the company is. Um, they're living on LinkedIn. So I go with my where my ideal clients are. And also I have a digital marketing background. I've been doing marketing for over 17 years. So for me, I spend a lot of time in the B2B space. So Twitter and LinkedIn are where I spend most of my days now, obviously LinkedIn the most. So I've done digital marketing for other companies in the B2B space on LinkedIn. So I've just built my own network of connections there over time. And I've been also following some LinkedIn influencers and have just been motivated to like take on challenges. Like I do daily posting now on LinkedIn. Um, And that's, you know, because I was inspired by Sam Moss, who is also another website guy on LinkedIn. And he posts, he's been doing it way longer than I have, right? And he has a way bigger following than me. But to me, I'm like, wow, I've been seeing a lot of growth by using LinkedIn and posting every day. And what I mean by using LinkedIn, I mean that specifically posting every day, because to me, it was a way to find my voice with posting. At the same time, it was always staying in front of my audience too, which is really cool. And I just provide valuable, insightful information. Sometimes it's just practicals and things that you can do on your own. You don't really need to hire me or anyone else. Like, I just love giving it like I met. <laughs> yeah. So I'll share our connection story because I think it's pretty interesting. So you mentioned mm-hmm. Sam Moss and Sam posted a little cute picture of his new baby girl. And <laughs> I commented, no, this day, this day, back then. Oh, back then, how we got connected. <laughs> yeah. Yes, 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 and, sorry. And so I commented on this picture and um, I guess Jesus loved what I said because he connected with me. Right. And then um, this was a not too long ago, really, right when I was doing the Fort Lauderdale Art and Design Week, because then a couple weeks later, I was like, I think you should do this with me. I think it'll be fun to do this together. Um, And you graciously said yes, not even knowing who the hell I am. And we got on a call and it was amazing. Unfortunately, you know, time did not permit. So we weren't able to collaborate on that specific idea but the friendship lasted and then we get into 2021 and i wind up on hey sisters podcast and then he winds up on small talk short story right but what i love about linkedin and i think people don't recognize is the power of the engagement on linkedin because just because i commented on sam moss's picture it it created some interest for you and that turned into this connection which mm-hmm. is something i always say often don't don't worry about the person in front of you be mm-hmm. more focused on the person behind them because you just never know they right. are the connectors for the people that you really need and so i love that but so I wonder, I, I hear you said LinkedIn offered you some B2B. Do you, um, and I know you have a Facebook page here, which you did say you post mm-hmm. more about your family. You are on Instagram, but are you finding that because you're focusing on LinkedIn that you're getting what you need from that space? I'm getting what I need from that space. It also helps with my brand tremendously too. Um, yeah, to be real too, like, We had all the company pages like LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatnot for JRM Web Marketing. And we were posting frequently. 
And I think the turning point where I started seeing significant growth was when I started personal branding myself. Mm. And when I went to that personal branding myself, it brought more leads and more customers to the company than just the company pages alone. And so we had a pivot. This was all last year when I started my podcast and when August, July or August of 2020. And it all started because I started the podcast and I'm like, okay, well, I got to start a Facebook page. Uh, I got to start Instagram page. So my Facebook page and then my Instagram page is brand new. <laughs> I don't have a lot of following. I don't, I barely post on it and everything. So <laughs> I'm brand new, but I ended up like creating my own pages, personal pages, um, just so I can have my own and separate myself from the company pages. I still bring traffic to the company page, obviously, but it's just, that was my turning point on, on why I use the Facebook and, and Instagram page. No, I love what you're saying because I think um, a lot of us entrepreneurs, we want to disassociate ourselves from our business so much, but we don't right. understand that it, it will hurt. It hurts when you do that because mm -hmm. People don't buy from businesses, they buy from people. And I know that's so cliche and mm -hmm. we're always saying that, but it is the truest statement ever. People don't right. buy from businesses, they buy from people. And mm -hmm. if they can't attach a person to the business, it's going to be a long draw before they'll start purchasing anything from that business. Right. So I wonder, did something happen? to make you turn and say, I need to start personal branding myself? Or was this just something that you said, you know, I can't keep avoiding it too much. I just got to do it. Yeah. So that's a great question. I think it all started with podcasting. When I started podcasting, I started seeing other like people like Gary Vee and other people in the game that are doing it. And I noticed that they all had their own, you know, separate website aside from, you know, their company website. And then to me, it was like, okay, as a website guy, I'm like, well, what's the motive behind creating my own website and branding? And I did buy my JesusMcDonald.com domain, um, <laughs> but I didn't use it on purpose, though. It's still there on GoDaddy. And the reason why I didn't use it, because I'm like, maybe eventually I will, but my whole purpose is like to drive traffic to JRM Web Marketing, which is the company page, right? So yeah. I think it's more preference. There's no right or wrong. Some people are fine with having, you know, their own URL, which is great. But what is the purpose behind that if you have your own website, right? For me, if I was going to create my own website, it would still be to like push traffic to my company URL, which is jeremymarketing.com, right? But then to me, I was like, I could just create another site page on jeremymarketing.com forward slash jesus.mcdonald. <laughs> or Jesus dash McDonald, right? Um, so for me, I'm like, I can just do that. It's the same way. Now people like Google search me, Jesus McDonald, you know, Jeremy marketing page comes up, which is about Jesus McDonald, right? So for me, I know I'm getting too technical in the ways and details. No, but we're, we're definitely gonna, we're gonna chop that down into bite-sized pieces because I think what you're saying, I understand, mm -hmm. but we need to break that part down so that everybody else can understand. Let's do um, it. Because what you're saying is very, very, it's like a nugget. It's really a huge nugget, what you're saying. And I'm so excited that you're even saying it because <laughs> I know that it is life-changing what you're saying right now, because mm. that is what you're saying is exactly how you should integrate your personal brand with your business, right? Mm -hmm. Because I meet you on the, on the side of the street or wherever, right now it's like the side of LinkedIn, right? right? And so I meet you scrolling around in LinkedIn traffic and I'm like, hey, Jesus, how are you? You're right. not gonna, your first point of contact is not to be like, oh, you know, um, hi, my name is JRM Marketing. You know, no. you're not gonna say that. So it's really the only thing I have after connecting with you is your name. That's Correct. all I got. Right. Maybe a phone number if the conversation that we had in passing was really, really good. Mm -hmm. But most people will take your name and then Google you. Mm -hmm. So if your name is not attached to your business, people will never find out what you do because, you know, exactly. we don't go around pitching ourselves 92% of the time. So there's not right. much opportunity to share what you do with people 
Um, the way people find out what you do is when they go and do their research. Mm -hmm. um, so what you're totally. saying is so valuable, but we are going to break that down in the second half of this conversation because I heard you say this word a couple times already. So podcasting, I yes. want to know, how did you go from LinkedIn to podcast or vice versa? So I was on LinkedIn already. And the podcasting became secondary, just came to me. I had I have a website consultant. His name is Alex Lopez. And he was telling me, I'll give you the real story behind this. He was telling me, and I got to make sure I recall the whole story and all the details. He said, one of our meetings, he said, Jesus, why don't you start a podcast? Or why don't you record our meetings? And then you just upload it to a podcast. We can just start a podcast. And I'm like, I'm not going to start a podcast and record our meetings. We talk about clients in our meetings, man. We have sensitive information <laughs> that we talk about, you know? Um, there's stuff that we strategize about as financial stuff. Like we can't be doing that. And he's like, well, we should plan to like talk about some of the stuff because I write some of this stuff down and I implement it myself. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. He's like, yeah, I've been updating my LinkedIn profile. I've been doing this. I've been everything you've been telling me, like I write it down and I implement it. And I was like, that's awesome, you know? And to me, it was more about the wildfires in California, as you guys remember all that happening. Then COVID hit, right? So then for me, then the news, it was always the small business owners that were getting hit. And it was the last straw for a lot of them, right? Because in California, you do outdoor dining, right? Because of COVID. But if you have wildfires and there's smoke in the air, and nobody going to do outdoor dining, right? So then you completely have to shut it or pick up, which a lot of people are not going outside, right? Because of smoke and other things like COVID and other things around here too. So again, that was the last start for a lot of businesses. Um, it sucks when you can't control like your baby, your business. And yeah. for me, I was like, that sucks. And I felt like moved, like with compassion to like do something. And I knew that these small businesses, they can't afford a digital marketing expert or company or anything like that. But I was thinking, what if I provided them free, valuable content and all they had to do was just make the time to implement it? It's on them to make the yeah. time to implement it. And anything they do, whether it's, how to claim your Google My Business listing. Or if you have a Google My Business listing, how do you optimize your Google My Business listing? If they make time to watch one of my videos and implement it, it'll they'll have significant traffic where people are calling them, ordering, doing whatever, right? So for me, I was like, I called Alex. I said, hey, let's start the podcast. I already have some ideas. And my whole goal was to do it for the small business owners. I got nothing in return. It was just to give, right? Yeah. I said, let's do it on my on my breaks, on my lunches, when I can, um, when I'm picking up my son from daycare. Like, let's just do it when I can. All I need is a mic and that's it, right? So I got a professional microphone, I got the Yeti, and we start recording, right? And then it became videos, so YouTube, um, podcasting, and we started talking about different topics to where... I never would have imagined that my whole goal was small business owners and supporting them during this difficult time, that it would evolve to becoming something for small like business owners to marketing professionals also coming onto the show, dropping knowledge. Are you so, kidding? Yeah. So Wait, everyone I, is I like- I want to pause you right here because- one, we have we have a question, so that's number one. But I want to say something about your dropping bombs on your show. So mm -hmm. Selena wants to know, where can we find these videos? YouTube. So if you go to YouTube and you, t and you search Jesus McDonald, it would be – there's not a lot of Jesus McDonald's. So I have a very unique name. So I, it would be easy to find me there. <laughs> 
<laughs> it is. And I'm going to share just a tad because I want to make sure you guys understand when Jesus says, oh, these marketing professionals that came on and dropped bombs. He's talking about the owner of freaking B&I. <laughs> <laughs> I did have the founder and chief visionary officer, Ivan Meisner, on, on my show. And he's what? coming on for a second one, too. <laughs> oh, so let me just tell you. So I got in contact with Jesus. But after I invited you to come and do this thing with me, I started doing my research. I'm like, who is this guy? I know WordPress is um impressive all in its own. And when you find people who are like, I'm a professional WordPresser. It's like, okay, great. I need you because you're the rarity. People yeah. don't even understand how to do it. So that's one little rare gem. And then mm -hmm. we go to YouTube. Right. And you type in Jesus McDonald's and you scroll down a little bit because I like to get the origin of things. I don't like to see all the surface crap. I like to dig down deep in the pot. <laughs> And I digged a little deeper and I'm like, B and I, I go to these meetings sometimes. I told you I'm always getting invited, but, um, yeah, they have like, great business networking events. My question was the only question that I had was how the hell did he do that? How did <laughs> that happen? Tell me how that happened. I reached out. And yeah. I reached out on LinkedIn and I even has a social media manager. And the social media manager, I think, uh, forwarded over um, my message over to Ivan's assistant. And then Ivan's assistant, I think it was perfect timing because she was probably talking to Ivan about his calendar. And it was like, let's book him and, you know, let him know that I would love to. And the rest is history. That's what it, it is. Up. It's documented forever and ever and ever. Amen. In YouTube land. So that brings me to. Like I heard a few things in this story and you haven't even completed the story because I so rudely interrupted you, but I don't want you to downplay this huge <laughs> moment because I'm like, this is huge. But I heard you say like the idea of podcasting was not even mine. Like it was somebody else that came and said, Hey, you should do this. So that's true. I didn't even think about that. Until you said that. We have something in common because that happened to me too. Um, really? I have a girls group that I host every Friday night. It's called Girls Night In. And we get together every Friday night. But that was an accident, really. Because I was in, on a Zoom call with one of the other girls. And it was me and another woman on the Zoom call. And she was like, we should do... A girl, we should do this every week. And I was mm. like, yeah, absolutely not. I'm, I don't want to. <laughs> you shut do her this. down. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I didn't. I mean, I didn't shut her down because this is my first time ever meeting her. Yeah, and yeah, she was yeah. like, we should do this every week. But in my mind, I was like, uh uh, no, no, no. And then I started right. thinking about it. I was like, you know, I think, you know, I'm in all of these Facebook groups that are women, but I don't ever get to say anything. And, you know, they barely let me post anything. It's like, it's less about me and more about them. So maybe we can create a space that's more about us. Mm. That's so awesome. we created the space. This was not an idea of someone else, but it was birthed from an experience. Right. Just like, you know with your thing uh, with the wildfires. And I was saying to myself here, I had a wildfire experience right here on Facebook where there was just an overwhelm of complaining about small business support. Mm. And I was like, this can't be real. You know, my disbelief is why small talk is a thing because I'm like, I got to get some of these small business owners on here and tell right. me about this thing. Cause I don't understand. I'm a part of this community right. and I don't have this experience. So my curiosity really killed the cat here <laughs> and, and um, created this thing. But what a blessing because it's, mm -hmm. it's really helped a lot of people. And I've I think messages just like yourself to say, right. you know, this has really helped me. So mm. go ahead tell us more. No, I mean, I mean, it's real too. And that like is what makes it all worth it, right? Is when people reach out and they're like, hey, your content is so valuable on LinkedIn. Thank you. Hey, I watched your YouTube videos and I, I didn't even know how to, that I didn't even have a Google My Business listing. I didn't even know that I was missing all these opportunities for growth because I didn't optimize my Google My Business listing. I'm like, well, yeah, Google's technology. So it's always changing every day. <laughs> so you got to be on top of it, right? Um, or even like website tips, things you can do on your own, right? 
or what your website developer should be doing for you, right? So you actually get service from them. So just things like that, but you're right. And I think it hits on another good point too, is like, listen to your friends, listen to your industry partners, your your partnerships that you have. If they said, hey, you should try this, like seriously consider it, right? Because I think as entrepreneurs, we can easily be overwhelmed and have a lot of to-dos and we're wearing multiple hats in our businesses, right? But if there's an opportunity that we can't see, but somebody else can see and have vision for us, that's going to help a lot of other people, um, definitely consider it and take a leap of faith and, and try it out, right? It doesn't have to be like a commitment for like two, five years or anything like that. But I mean, you should definitely try it out. And I think the thing that I'm seeing is the more we are digging into seeing the need for entrepreneurs, for marketing professionals for whatever, right? We start seeing like we can go in different avenues, specific niches, right? Hit on hot topics as well too, right? So I like that because you're right. It was our friends that pretty much suggested it. And we used our strengths because our friends see our strengths and we leaned on our strengths and here we are. Here we are, right? And yeah, you know, and that's the beauty of networking, honestly. Um, well, like I said in the beginning, you know, finding that person, not the person in front of you, but the one behind you, because the one behind you probably has the mastermind ideas and those mm -hmm. good tips and things that will definitely elevate you to the next level. And sometimes we just get so focused on the person that's standing right in front of us that we don't even hear what the person behind them has to say. And mm. usually the person behind them what they're saying is more valuable, honestly. Mm. So um, like getting that. into your actual business of WordPress, what made you pick WordPress over like Wax, Wix and Squarespace? Because, you know, those are kind of like plug and play moments, a lot less work, I presume. So tell me what was your fascination with WordPress? Yeah, so just to be clear too, like, I think Wix, Wibbly, Squarespace, those types of softwares that are like plug and play, drag and drop, super easy. You don't need to know code or anything like that. Um, I'm not a against them because I'm in WordPress and I'm a WordPress guy, but they do have limitations when it comes to creativity. That's a fact, right? When you compare it to WordPress and other big content management platforms, and that's what they're called. Uh, they call it a CMS, content management system. Now, to me, I think it's great for freelancers if they do Squarespace. If, it's great for like a small business that just needs like a one pager or a five pager that just wants something simple. They're okay with the Squarespace templates. They're not really tripping over it not being super custom, right? Mm -hmm. And but I do think there's a there's growing pains. There's a there's a point in a business where you kind of need to grow the website because the business is growing. And now more than ever, people are relying on the internet, which means your online presence matters now more than ever too, right? Because of this whole COVID situation. So if your business is growing and digital is where you're trying to go with it, then or even if you do half your business, I mean, more of the people are doing it more than half right now online, then yeah. consider something that's more robust and more scalable like WordPress. So I choose WordPress specifically because of what I just said. It's robust, it's scalable. I have lo no limitations when it comes to creativity. The sky's the limit and I love it. And I can make a back end for my clients that is just like Squarespace. It's just as easy, right? And so, but WordPress doesn't advertise like that. Well, the way WordPress advertises is more like it's scalable, it's robust. You can just customize anything you want because it's true. There's no limitations. You can install plugins. You can do so many things when it comes to WordPress. You have a lot more SEO features, which is search engine optimization to help you rank on Google, Yahoo, Bing, all those search engines, right? And it's big in that way. So for me, when it came to what platform do I want to focus on, it was a no-brainer to me because WordPress is like one of the top three 
for content management systems. And that's where I went with. And then we have systems in place that make sure that the websites, if they go down, we get alerted. We just have a lot of things in place, security layers, you name it, right? Now, the one thing too that Squarespace, Wix, and Wibbly doesn't really advertise and tell you, (laughs) and I get why, because they hook you to get in, right? But they don't really say, hey, business owner or entrepreneur or marketing professional, if you have a marketing professional working for you, it's actually going to take a lot of your time, even if you don't know code. You're going to have to invest a lot of time. So you're going to have to add a marketing or a website design hat on top of your 16 hats. Yeah. Like they, don't, they don't tell you that, right? You kind of have to go through the experience to, to, and then hit a wall and then ask for help, right? Yeah. And I wish there were more upfront about that stuff because what's easy to you may not be easy for me, right? True. As an example. So I think that's a big thing to consider. I would say if anyone is looking to redesign their website or if they're looking to you know, create a website from scratch, I would say do research. A ton of YouTube videos out there. WordPress versus Wix. Um, I actually have a blog post about that. <laughs> Why I choose WordPress over Wix every single time. <laughs> that is the exact title of my post. Well. You know, I love what you're saying because that brings us right back to the very opening statement, which is WordPress is like building a dream house. You get to Mm -hmm. pick the foundation. You get to discover how many rooms you want, how many bathrooms, what do the walls look like? How tall is the roof? Are Mm -hmm. there vanity windows? Like there's lots of things that you can do. Totally. You know, Wix and Webly and Squarespace is it's already there. It's that prefabricated house that mm-hmm. you could go in and you could paint the walls. You could probably knock down a wall if you need to, but you can't mm. really change the house. You can, I'll give you, you another can't... analogy. I'll give you another analogy, yeah. Talisha. Sorry. They didn't mean to cut no, you off what? and stuff. It just triggered me in my mind. So, Oh, you're triggered. <laughs> not that kind of trigger, but you know what I mean? <laughs> so it came to my mind that I will use the analogy of a house um, and just leave it at a house, right? So Wix, Wibbly, Squarespace is like buying a one bedroom house, say with one acre mm. or five acres of land, right? Mm. Now, if you want to upgrade, you have to move, right? You can't build yeah. upon it. Now with the WordPress, it's more like exactly what you said. We're starting from scratch. Here's the foundation. Here's the concrete. How many bedrooms do you want? Like, oh, I get to choose? Yeah, right? The only thing limiting you is your budget. Yeah. So what can you afford? That's what the conversation becomes, right? Where Squarespace, Wix, and Wibbly, doesn't matter what your budget is. We're we're only going to give you a one-bedroom house. So they automatically cap you (laughs) at like that. She said, not the one bedroom with children, okay? Because, yeah, that's cramped. (laughs) That's cramped. So, and we see that. We really do see that analogy is so good because that is real. We see people with those one-page websites and they're trying to cram all their whole business idea on the one pager and Mm. you need space to move. I need space to move as a visitor in your house. I don't want to sit on your lap in in the couch, (laughs) right? I need space. So WordPress really is that it's that idea that you could start with one bedroom, but if you want to add another one, you can. And, And right. The budget is up to you, but you don't have to start with this huge budget. And I believe that people think that you got to come in with all these, all these thousands of dollars, but you can start with the landing page. And then as your build business grows, you have room to grow. So now you can add another page to that or add a sales page or add some more components. You can add, you know, if there's room for additions. Yes. So I love w- making that comparison to the house because it's the most practical thing. Uh, I think everybody wants to um, have a dream home, but mm-hmm. 
you know, I feel like for entrepreneurs, the thing that we probably get stuck on the most is what is the dream? Right. So Squarespace and Wix, although those are great websites to begin, they are. They won't get you to the dream. There, there. You and the problem with moving is that you gotta pack, mm. and you gotta organize, and you gotta clean, and there's so much time. There is in a I, move. I had a client that said he was on Squarespace, and he said, "I can't add a sixth tab." I'm like. You mean like an extra tab to your site? He's like, no. I Squarespace said that I have to create a whole new template because I got to leave this template, go to another one. I'm like, do you have time for that? That's why I'm talking to you, Asus. Literally. And I'm like, <laughs> so that won't happen with WordPress ever. But I also want to mention something else, right? Because that's one frustrating headache right there, right? Is with those plug and plays is also make sure that you're getting an experienced website developer. Like cheap makes sense because we have a lot of expenses as entrepreneurs, but don't go cheap with something that's going to represent your business, your reputation online, which is where everyone's at right now. Go cheap with something else that people don't know in the operations side about, right? But don't go cheap with something that's visible to the public, like a website. When you hire an inexperienced website developer, you get what you pay for, right? Yeah. If you go to Fiverr, if you go to Upwork, these freelancer sites, and I'm not saying freelancers are bad, but you're taking a risk at the same time, right? And you get these junior developers that are just trying to add another project to their resume. So you become a guinea pig to them and mm. they don't follow best practices and they'll take anything for dirt cheap, right? Because they're building up their experience. But here's the thing, if they build an, on a foundation that's not solid, the house is gonna collapse. It is. Mm. And you might get hacked because there's a lot of vulnerabilities there. And now hackers are not stupid. What they have is some automated software that they're asleep and they just hit start button. And it starts poking at people's websites mm. for vulnerabilities. And they infect so those it with are malware. Things that you, just, you, just, you know, here's the thing. And I, I keep with the house analogy or even, you know, we get these nice plots of land, which mm -hmm. is that dot com, right? And mm. man, you got a good deal because I got a couple dot coms that I paid 99 cents for. That is a good deal on some damn land, if I tell mm -hmm. you what, right? Mm -hmm. So you buy this nice land and you build a shack on it, you know, yeah. a she shed. And it's like, ugh, you're wasting the land for one. You're not utilizing all the space that you just purchased. Right. And then because you're in the middle of nowhere, there's no protection. This shack that you've built on your land offers you no bulletproof walls mm -hmm. and these hoodlums come and shoot up your shack. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So it's, it's terrible. Like, honestly, and that is web. That is the world, the world wide web. It is the world right. that we live in where it is so important to protect your space right and you know i'm not gonna buy a home and not put adp in it especially if i bought this expensive land and mm. i got it decked out with remote windows and all this fog proof stuff i'm not going to leave my house uncovered right. honestly and so i mean before we think about purchasing the domain Think about what type of house you want to build on that land. Because if you right. can't figure out the type of home that you want, maybe the land, is, it sh you shouldn't buy the land yet. Right. And even or, if, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, or, or buy the land and sit on it like me. I'm, I have real estate hmm. just sitting in my queue. It's really in my GoDaddy box and it's just waiting because mm -hmm. I'm not ready to build. And right. when I'm ready to build, I'll I'll go the expensive route because I'm a fancy girl and I like nice things. But I'm gonna build me my dream home on that dot com land. I love that. <laughs>
And I was going to say that sometimes, you know, there's entrepreneurs that are tuning into the show and they're like, crap, Jesus, you're right. And what I do now, because I don't love my website. I didn't like the website developer. They suck. I couldn't even get in contact with them. <sighs> Lack of responsiveness in their communication, right? So most entrepreneur, even most entrepreneurs are bootstrap right now, right? Because it's like, dang, I just threw down like thousands of dollars for redesign. So it doesn't mean automatically that you need to redesign now, okay. right? Just get website maintenance to keep the website up to date and running properly to make sure that when those issues come up, you know, it doesn't take down the site or break the site or an image doesn't even upload anymore on the site. Like those basic maintenance can save you a ton of money in the long run where you don't have to pay an arm and a leg for a redesign. So that's something to consider for entrepreneurs that are thinking about, Hey, it's been like two, five, 10 years since I did a redesign. It's about time that I do that. Consider a maintenance plan first to see what can, what can get done in the maintenance plan and what should be considered and when and how much for a redesign. Yeah, I love I love what you're talking about here because you know even in our homes they're real fancy, but we got to change the plumbing every now and again. Mm -hmm. We got to upgrade our electrical. There's things that need to be done, which is why I don't ever want to own a home. I can't even commit to a website. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it, it's expensive, right? But it's an investment, and um, right. the more you pour into it the more you get out of it, honestly, because mm -hmm. if it's functional and it works properly, people enjoy the experience when they come over for your, for your parties at your right. website, because that's what it should be. It should be a party. Every time I tap into you, I should feel like you're just hosting a welcome party every single right. time. And, um, so I love that we're talking about the um, website, but you did speak about Google My Business, which is kind of like the cheap way to kind of get your online presence up because to have a Google My Business, it doesn't cost much. Um, it's SEO friendly. So you can so Google get My Business. Place. Yeah. Google My Business is free, actually. Um, yeah. There is no cost to it. It's free. I would take advantage of that ASAP if you're not on Google My Business. And by the way, a lot of small businesses focus on Yelp. My opinion, like Yelp sucks as a company. Um, sure, you get some traffic in here and there, but it's hard to get reviews that are really fake. And they, the support, they really sell you more than support you. So they try to upsell you so much. They're just like sharks, right? But the Google My Business, like those are your customers legit. So if you sent a link to a customer and they fill it out a five-star review google's going to post it they're not going to question you is this a legit customer or not or anything like that which that's what yelp does because of their algorithm it's very strict so even if your customer did leave a review on yelp they won't display it for various reasons so yeah totally take advantage of google my business if you have a small business yeah, Google My Business is a great tool, and I think more people need to know about that tool, especially if you're new in business and you don't have this, right. this, you know, if you're not web savvy, so you don't really have the, the skill set, because not everybody does, to build this amazing website so that people can go to you, and you don't really have that um, disposable income to kind of work, ha pay somebody to do that for you. Mm -hmm. Google My Business is a great start to get your feet wet in the real estate of the web, you know, and see what kind of attraction. And it's also a good way to do some market research as well, because you can start testing how you show up and how people are engaging with you before you commit to buying your dream right. home. Right. <laughs> That's a really good so, analogy. I like the home I, analogy. I, it's it's so good because I mean it just makes sense. It it is it is it's you know your dot com dot net dot org whatever dot you got. It is really like your address and right. You know, it's where you you will be and how people will find you. They look 
everything is attached to that address. So you definitely, it is real estate in another way. And um, so I would love to talk about that a little bit because we hear that, you know, websites are absolutely necessary for mm -hmm. a business owner because, uh, you know, according to what everybody else is saying, Facebook can always be removed, but they've been here for 10 years. I think they're pretty secure. Right. And Instagram can always die, but I think Instagram is going to be here for a while too. Mm -hmm. LinkedIn's been around for about 10 plus years as well, but the buzz is make sure you buy a website because you own it. How do you feel about that? It's true. I mean, LinkedIn can go away tomorrow. Right. And that's where I spend most of my days there is on LinkedIn. But my website isn't going to go away unless I choose not to pay for hosting and a lot of other things. Right. I have more control over it is what I'm trying to say. I would say website plus an email newsletter. That's that's the route to go, because if you think about it, my audience on LinkedIn is like my fan base. Right. Those are the audience that I have. Right. Now, for me, if I have a website and an email newsletter, like nothing really happens to my audience. They don't go away if something happens to LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, right? So you're able to do email marketing with a, with a newsletter. But at the same time with the website, again, it's good for organic and SEO. So I can post blogs on there. I can post news updates anything on there, right? It doesn't go away. It gives you actually more um, opportunities to write text for SEO for each blog post, for the site pages, you have SEO opportunities there, where on LinkedIn, it just stays within the LinkedIn platform. Yeah. Like you don't, if you type something on Google search, like Talisha Joseph's LinkedIn post, you don't see any posts until I go into the network LinkedIn with a website, it's public. Anyone can see it. That's why it's more valuable because it helps you with rankings when it comes to Google search. And it also helps you with having more control over your audience. That's why a lot of people are talking about sign up for a newsletter, the newsletter, the newsletter, the newsletter It's free, all this stuff. I'm like, well, yeah, because once you sign up, that's golden for them. Yeah, because they get your email address. So it's like letting people come over to your house <laughs> um, right. incognito. But so I love what you're saying. And I know SEO is a really buzzing topic right now because everybody wants to be mm -hmm. SEO'd. I mean, I many, many, many moons ago used to work in a company that did SEO before I even realized what the hell it was. It was like mm -hmm. the newest thing. And now it's like the buzzword of the 20th century um, SEO. So can you tell us um, or leave us with some golden nuggets on how we can optimize some of these SEO um, opportunities? Yeah, I was just thinking from like an on-page SEO standpoint, like which is on-page is your website. Just make sure your homepage about services, contact us, those pages uh, have the SEO title, the meta description, and I might get too technical here, but there's things called for every image, there's an image alt text. Uh, make sure that every image has that alt text. It's basically where you describe the image to Google and Google indexes it and reads it, which helps with ranking, right? Your image, your website, because it's all connected. And also making sure that you have technical SEO too. So technical SEO, this is where the developer comes in, is schema, S-C-H-E-M-A, schema. Basically, that is code that you put on the back of your website. And if you're on WordPress, you can install Yoast SEO, Y-O-A-S-T, as a plugin. And that comes with it too, some of the schema. And that's going to help with the SEO. And it breaks it down per page in the editor when you go to edit, change this and that. So that's what I would recommend. And especially doing the same thing for blog posts is always make sure you have a featured image for your blog post. Make sure that you have a really 
catchy headline that has the keyword specifically in there. Um, and don't force it. I mean, some people stuff the keyword like so many times in a sentence and it's like, yeah, I don't think they considered me because I'm the reader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm more, yeah, yeah. I'm more focused on ranking than considering how I'm going to digest it. So make sure you put yourself in the reader's shoes because that's more important than trying to rank on a website. Um, and But that's my tips. I love those tips because even when we think about hashtags, right, or, mm-hmm. you know, or people just try to cram all these hashtags in and, and then you get to the bottom and you're like, this doesn't even make sense. And it's just taking up yeah. so much space and it's crazy. But um, I, I guess in layman's term, hashtags would be the SEO quality of these specific um, platforms. This is how the SEO mm-hmm. your content on each platform by the trending hashtags that you use. So keywords, Uh, you know what? I'm getting smarter. (laughs) Another tip for, but more on a LinkedIn side is if you love Instagram, you know, you flood it with hashtags, right? LinkedIn is not the same way. I would say max three hashtags for LinkedIn. That's my tip. And the posts that work really well right now in 2021 Believe it or not, I don't know why, because LinkedIn is, every algorithm is different, but text only. Don't add an image, don't add a video, text only with one hashtag or three hashtags. Um, That is going to help tremendously on getting you that outreach, that reach and engagement. I don't know why, but LinkedIn loves it that way. So if you guys are trying to be on LinkedIn, that's the way to post. I've seen a lot of people post on LinkedIn and they have 16 hashtags and I'm like, it's not going to go anywhere. Oh my gosh. So I always give out this tip and you tell me if I'm right or wrong, because I think I'm right where LinkedIn kind of talks to Twitter in hashtags. So, um, you said you use Twitter and use LinkedIn. Do you find any truth into that statement that the hashtags are kind of synced up with, uh, Twitter? I think they're both different algorithms. Really? Mm-hmm. Like, I think LinkedIn has its own algorithm that, I mean, everyone is still trying to figure it out, right? And it's the same with Twitter. But I feel like Twitter, I, more people are like going to Twitter these days. I feel like just because they're just tired of all these platforms. So yeah. they just spend their time on Twitter. They're like, oh, if I can say like a one-line sentence, that's good enough kind of thing. <laughs> but yeah. you can just scroll, scroll, scroll like Instagram too, right? Well, um, I mean, I feel like sometimes when, when we think about the algorithm, we can't change. It changes all the time, mm-hmm. right? Because it's right. It's technology and technology upgrades like every 60 seconds, something new is happening in the technical technological world. Sure. But when we talk about communication, um, mm-hmm. cause we know, you know, the algorithm for Instagram isn't the same as it is for Facebook, but the communication is the, the line of communication is there. Um, but I do notice that when I post something on Instagram, I can feed it right into my um, Facebook, but I still have to come back and shift it a little bit and tweak mm-hmm. it so that it matches what Facebook style is because right. the style is different because guess what? I, I will keep with this house analogy, right? And I'm sure this happens in California because I've been to California a few times. But in Florida, we have cul-de-sacs where every third house looks the same, right? Mm. And so we're thinking of it like that, the cul-de-sacs. But every third house looks the same. So all these platforms to me, they all kind of look the same. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, they all look the same. It's a cul-de-sac. But mm-hmm. then when we talk about the communities that live in the cul-de-sacs, you can go from one block to the next block and it's completely different. Right. Like, uh, man, the, the way they speak, the, how they party, everything is completely different. So although the communication, you know, each cul-de-sac, all of them look the same. They, the algorithms are a little different. Maybe the paint on the house is different, right? Mm-hmm. The door is different a little bit. But for the most part, they're all freaking the same, but mm-hmm. the way they communicate is is different. Right. So 
what what I'm thinking is because I know that we have on LinkedIn, and if you're not familiar, please check it out because if you're not on LinkedIn, you probably need to be. Um, on the side, they'll tell you like the trending hashtags, or when you go to hashtag, they'll mm-hmm. populate these trending ones. Right. So my idea is that those are the things that are really going to grab in Twitter because Twitter is a one-liner, but LinkedIn is like a oh. full page spread, you know, like I see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 I think so when it comes to the hashtags, they are valuable. Having a hashtag is valuable. It's just making sure you're using it correctly too. Right. And making sure it's relevant to the hashtag. Cause there's people that write content, but their hashtag is not relevant to what they wrote. So as long as you do that, then yeah, it does pull from others and it pulls from Twitter. It, it also throws it over to Twitter as well too. So it definitely does work in that way. And there's a lot of people that do follow the hashtags tremendously. And yeah, I think I don't really know the details specifically in the partnership that Twitter and LinkedIn have, because I know you can put your Twitter handle, like the username on your LinkedIn profile, which a lot of people don't know about that. Yeah. So I think I I really, I'm going to, I don't really use my Twitter, but I know my Twitter's lit (laughs) a little bit because of the fact that I think I'm pushing information to LinkedIn. And the same way here, like once I found out that Instagram and Facebook talk to each other, I can't figure out how to get my Facebook to talk to my Instagram, but I've mastered getting my Instagram to talk to my Facebook. So (laughs) I kind of just post on Facebook or Instagram all the time and let, the uh, that thing do its work over here and just come in here and, and do a little touch ups now and again and on the paint job, right? Love so it. So let me just tell you, man, Jesus, this was the best conversation. I mean, I feel like every time we talk, it could go on forever and ever. Amen. But we mm-hmm. know that you have this cute little boy that will be rising soon, waiting for his dad. <laughs> so we do not want to keep you over. But I do have my final question to ask you, and that would be, what advice would you give younger Jesus today? Mm. I would say, dang, no one ever asked me that question. (laughs) I asked it to everyone. (laughs) Yeah. You know, believe it or not, and, and this might... I mean, I'm just kind of throwing it off the top of my head right now because I was thinking about this today as I was writing a LinkedIn post and it was around entrepreneurship. And as I reflected, you know, I have this strong work ethic, entrepreneur mindset, heart because of my stepdad and he was, he's an entrepreneur himself. So I've learned, you know, you get what you put in, right? And you work hard for it, right? And as I was reflecting, I was like thinking to myself, okay, I went to college for four years. Was any of it practical? No. None of it was practical in the real world. It's just something to put on my resume. And I was thinking about it. If I had to do it all over again, I don't think I would have gone to college. Mm. That's Not a lot of people agree with that, right? But I really felt like, do I have regrets? No because it is what made me now and I'm where I'm at right now. Right. But I don't think I would have gone to college um, to be frank, because there's just, it was one, it was already a struggle because I I just didn't like school. I wanted to work already. And I had a lot of great marketing positions that were offered to me while I was a college student. So when I think back in the day, I'm just like, I don't think I would have gone to college. I think I would have experimented in different jobs so I can find out what I'm passionate about quicker. Oh, that's a good, good one. I love that one. And I feel like that because I realized early, like after getting out of high school for me was a struggle mm-hmm. because I like to talk way more than I like to learn. Um, so for me, I couldn't wait to graduation day so I could just get the hell out of school. Man. So you couldn't even pay me to go to college, really. <laughs> so like if somebody would have said I would, I would have wrote you a check for you to go to school and be like, uh-uh, no, no, no. 
yeah. not at all. So and I, I would love add, that. I would add to this too. Like, there's a lot of people that feel insecure because they didn't, they don't have a college degree and stuff like that. Like, squash that. It, that means nothing. When I hire people, I don't care where they went to college or if they went to college or not. What I care about is experience and character. That's all I care about. So to me, a degree is just a degree, right? It doesn't define you. Like you have to change your way of thinking because I think the world portrays it that way. You have to go to college if you want this, if you want that, right? And that's not really true. Absolutely. Totally agree because I feel like, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. I, the only thing, the only plus I could even envision, and I can't say that I would even know for sure because I didn't go, you know, is the networking potential. Like, so it will expand your network sooner because you'll be able to be in the circle of people that are going into the industry. But even in my experience today, I've spoken to a lot of college students and, mm -hmm. you know, Although we think that they have something very, very unique. Oh my God, they went to college. They actually feel insecure about not having the experience, which is so weird. They're like, I'm just a college student. I don't know anything about anything. And right. so it's, it's, it's really about a mindset. And I think if we get anything from what you have shared right now, it's really about changing your mind and not thinking the way that you feel like you need to think and just think right. the way you feel. And, and that's it. Like just be authentically you. And I know somebody's going to give me hell about that. Cause we had a whole clubhouse room yesterday <laughs> about these words, but you know, I appreciate you spending your time with us and coming over and paying me a visit in my home here on Facebook. So this was an amazing conversation. I don't want you to go just yet. I'm going to drop you down. I'm going to address the people and then we'll wrap up. Let's do it. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. All right. That's the end of our episode. Please, please, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It would mean the whole world to me. And lastly, make it a great day.